Section 29 of Mars and Its Canals. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Edward Montes, Las Cruces, New Mexico. Mars and Its Canals by Percival Lowell. Chapter 27. Oases Kinematic. Subject to change also are the oases, and in the same manner apparently as the canals. They grow less evident at a like season of the Martian year. They do this seemingly by decreasing in size, whereas in the full expanse of their maturity they show as round spots of appreciable diameter. As the season wanes, they contract to the smallest discernible of dots. All but the kernel, as it were, fades out, and even this may disappear from sight. The Phoenix Lake, in its summertime, is a very dark, circular spot, small indeed, yet of definite extension. In its winter, it shrinks to a pinpoint, and is often not visible at all. Sometimes, the husk apparently persists, a ghost-like reminiscence of what it was, with the kernel showing dark pointed in its center. Thus, the Lucas Lunae, appearing in opposition in 1905. A faint wash betokened the presence of the lucas, through which now and again a black pinpoint pierced. In this visible decrease of size, we get a revelation as to what takes place, impossible in the case of canals, the tenuous character of which precludes more than inference as to the process. Like the canals, latitude, together with the suitable season of the planet's year, are the determining factors in their development. In what corresponded to our July of the Northern Hemisphere, the oases in the subarctic and north temperate zones are conspicuous. Black spots that showed in profusion along the parallels of 40 degrees, 50 degrees, and 60 degrees north. At the same time, the equatorial ones, those along the Eumenides Orcus, which had been most evident in 1894, hardly came out. It had been their time as it was that of the others now. The law of development is not so simple as on earth, depending, like that of the canals, not only upon the return of the sun, but upon the advent of the water let loose from about the polar caps. Thus, the equatorial oases are subject to two seasonal quickenings, one from the north the other from the south. In regard to their method of evolution or devolution, a most curious observation happened to me in 1903. Usually the oases are of solid tone throughout, equally somber from center to circumference. But in this case, such uniform complexion found exception. On March 1, 1903, the Ascreus lucas came out strangely differentiated, a dark rim enclosing a less dark kernel. The sight was odd enough to command comment in the shape of a sketch which accompanied the note, and the further remark that other spots had similarly that year affected the like look. That the effect was optical did not seem to me the case. Other spots at other times showed nothing of the sort. If it was due to objective cause, it gathers circumstance from what was then the Martian time of year. 
for the season was such that the spot should then have been in the process of waning, and the effect would indicate that in so doing the tone of the center went first, that of the circumference fading last. This would be in accordance with a growth proceeding outward and a decay that followed in its steps. When to this we add the look of the oasis at the antithetic season, often a faint shading only, with or without a darker pinpoint at its core, we are led to the belief that the area of the oasis is unchangeable and that its growth means a deepening of tint. So far, then, as it is possible to particularize them, the oasis develop from a small nucleus, perhaps 20 miles in diameter, perhaps less, and from this spread radially till they attain a width of 75 or 100 miles. If the oasis be associated with a double canal, this maximum width exactly fits the space between the twin lines. Even when no double enters the oasis, the size is about the same. This size attained, they hold it for some months. Then they proceed to fade out to their initial nucleus, and after a sufficient rest, the process starts over again. With the carrots, something of the same sort seems to take place. If we may consider as betokening a general law the fact that in 1894 the carrots at the mouths of the Fison and Euphrates developed before their affiliated canals, but about them much less is yet known, and we must be content to say that the observations of 1905 made at the opposite season of the canal's year seem to bear this out. End of section 29, recording by Edward Montes, Las Cruces, New Mexico.